Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. Now I just, I really view my social media and my podcast and things like that. Someone's a guest in my home. And if someone's a guest in my home and they're rude, they're asked to leave. Just yeah, absolutely. Hands down. If somebody stands me up and it's rainy and I drive all the way across the bridge from the East Bay with three feet of standing water on the highway and I'm risking life and limb and you don't show up, it's a good story. Lots yeah. of choking. Oh, that's right. I remember you love the choking. I love the choking too. It's yeah. so hot. Oh my God. It's really that's hot. Why, that's why I'm, hands are my thing. Like I yeah. love a man's hands. I, do you notice that right away? I do. Cause I'm like, Ooh, I just, I do. I, I imagine them on me and I'm like, Oh my God. Like that, that definitely gets me wet. That it could just be it right there. <laughs> I just, just ask that you're rough in bed and you know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I do. I like the rough play being tied up. It's hot. It it's is so, so hot. hot. What? Pin me down. Yes. Call me a dirty little slut. I mean, I love me. it. Yes. I mean, I want to know I'm with a man. Hey guys, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. Well, I am super excited to introduce you to today's guest. Her name is Ilana Pinsky. We're going to have some really fun talk. She's very outspoken, very outgoing, sexy, sultry, and she has her own podcast called Shamelessly Unapologetic. So today we're going to be dishing all about sex, dating, And we're going to throw in some podcasting tips. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoy this show. Make sure you check out Ilana on all of her socials. I will include those in the show notes. All you have to do is go to the Curious Girl Diaries podcasts and click on show notes and you'll see all the links to where you can find her. All right, guys. Hope you enjoy. So, hey, I wanted to know, how did you come up with your title, shamelessly unapologetic and what inspired it? Yeah. So the reason I came up with the title shamelessly unapologetic was because I've always been a very outspoken person. I've always done things with no shame. I just have gotten very comfortable with myself. Ever since I had moved to San Francisco, I learned how to become more confident in myself and to just really not give a shit about what people think of me Yeah, and start doing me. And I'm not going to apologize for having my opinions. Some people will take my message the wrong way and they'll think that I'm being this really toxic bitch. And like, I want to say, like, I can see why they could think that. But what I say and do is never with malicious intent. It is me pretty much sharing my stories on how I had been wrong, because that's how I originally started the podcast was to share stories about how I was severely wronged in life. And it was my time to finally speak up about it not give a shit what other people were going to think and say, well, you know what? You really fucked me in this situation. I am going to speak my mind on it since I could never get to speak on it because I was so vulnerable. I never knew how to stand up for myself. And so my podcast was this escape to just unapologetically speak my mind with zero shame. And then eventually it transitioned into people having their own shameless experiences or unapologetic experiences or something that they're super proud of. So recently I had a girl from my sorority who has a 
bridal shop now. She owns her own bridal store. And it's amazing. And I really wanted to learn more about that because I know she's always had that entrepreneurial mindset. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you be an unapologetic business owner. I want to hear more about this, especially for those who may want to own their own storefront one day. So it's kind of expanded a little bit, but we're going to always unapologetically stay true to ourselves. And that's what I do. And that's always been like my why behind all of my social media content, especially within my YouTube channel as well. Yeah, obviously, it definitely comes across. So I I applaud you. I have a lot of shamelessly unapologetic, more in a real specific genre. But Mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of my That's where I'm shamelessly unapologetic. I am that way in most areas of my life, but you know, with the podcast, I choose to focus on uh, mostly on the sexual stuff, but I love it. And I love, I especially love to see women finding their voice and hitting their stride and really just putting it out there. Like, Hey, it is what it is. You know, you don't like it, turn it off, whatever. So exactly. Yeah, totally. I'm with you. So you took a break from podcasting recently. What did that reveal to you? And how was that? And do you feel it's hard to give bits of yourself out there for public consumption? So for me, I took the break because I was feeling very burnt out. I started my podcast not too long ago. So my year will be approaching in November. So I didn't realize how hard podcasting was going to be because I thought to myself, well, I have so much to say. And then once I started making episodes, then I felt like, oh, my God, am I starting to run out of content? Like I started to panic. And then on top of that, I started to get really burnt out because my job lately, I do have a startup job, nine to five life. And so that takes up a lot of my time as well. And then I have my YouTube channel. And so I spent pretty much most of my weekends filming and editing videos. And it's really hard to balance all of that. And I just got very overwhelmed. So I said, okay, I'm really burnt out. I always know how to have a creative spark with my YouTube channel because that's something that I've been doing for four years now and I absolutely Mm -hmm. love it and the podcast is still so new. So I'm still learning and still trying to navigate podcasting and figuring out like what other shit I can talk about. So I'm still trying to like come up with other things that I can talk about. And I have to constantly brainstorm for the podcast. But I do like podcasting because there's so many topics that I like to talk about that wouldn't necessarily make sense to talk about on my YouTube channel because my YouTube channel has a different kind of niche. So I used to live in San Francisco for those who are listening. And I had made a lot of content about navigating life and dating in San Francisco. So I made tons of videos about San Francisco and tons of videos about dating in San Francisco or just videos talking about my dating experiences and what I've learned as a single woman who's been single for a really long time. And then back in January, I moved moved to Portland for financial reasons. And now I'm talking about Portland instead of San Francisco. But whenever I go to visit San Francisco, which I'm trying to do next month, by the way, I will bring back some SF content because so many of my subscribers are like, I miss the San Francisco content. I'm like, I know I miss it too. Yeah, (laughs) I promise it's not like permanent for me to not record videos on SF. I just don't live there right now. But when I visit, you bet your ass that there will be SF videos. Yeah, so that's why I made the podcast so I could talk about other things that just wouldn't make sense to talk about on my channel. And from time to time, I will make a video that is a little off niche. And that's fine because with YouTube, you want to have like this 70-30 rule. So the 70% is like within your niche and the 30% can be like whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. So every once in a while, I'll have that 30% video. But for the most part... Most of the things that I talk about on my podcast, I would rather just keep on the podcast and not on YouTube just because with podcasting, there's no filter. There's no censorship. Yeah, which is what I love about it because I'm very unfiltered. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm also very unfiltered on my podcast. Like I curse on my podcast. I say whatever the fuck I want. On YouTube, I blur out f-bombs i blur out anything that youtube could deem offensive i have to really watch what i say on youtube because i don't want to risk my videos getting demonetized right for sure so do you have i'm just wondering because you've got a podcast and you also have this four years on youtube correct 
Um, yes. Yeah. So do you deal with haters? Do you have a lot of haters you have to deal with? And how do you handle that? Every once in a while, I'll get a mean comment or a trolling comment. I've honestly been really surprised with how the majority of my comments are actually very positive and friendly. And that makes me really happy. A lot of videos that I get, or not a lot of videos, a lot of comments that I get on my videos are comments saying like, this video helped me so much. This was so useful. Lots of great information. Thank you so much. And those are the best kinds of comments. And those are the typical comments that I'll get on San Francisco videos. So right now I have a video that's kind of taking off at the moment. It's a video simply just like how to navigate public transportation in San Francisco. It's not not a sexy topic at all. But (laughs) it's but the thing is, like, even though it's not a sexy topic, people are Good news. Strictly Anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. We're searching for that. People are visiting San Francisco right now. Mm -hmm. It's the summer with things are opening back up due to the pandemic. Right. And people are starting to travel again or people are moving to the Bay Area. They're going to want to know how the hell do I use public transportation because it's a city where you don't need a car. And this is like a really good time for people to start doing that. And people like watching things in video form. But yeah, every once in a while, I do get a negative comment. And any kinds of negative comments, I just delete and block. I don't give them any kind of attention. There are some mean comments that I will reply back to just because they're not that bad. And most of the time, they don't even like reply back to me. It's like they say their one thing and then they dip out. Right. And if I do criticism or feedback where people will say like, this video sucked or I don't agree with your opinion. And I say, hey, I'm so sorry to hear that you don't enjoy my videos. Nobody's forcing you to watch them. I'm happy to say that. But if someone attacks my character or they make a comment about my appearance or they use hateful language, which is blocked, by the way, I have blocked words on YouTube. I have like a whole list of things that go in into a held for review file so they don't even go public and I have to go in and approve it. Yeah. So a lot of mean comments are getting filtered out to begin with. And I believe there's a difference between negative comments and mean comments. So like the negative comments, for an example, could be people just venting about how much they hate San Francisco and why they have problems with this. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. That can stay. I don't care. And I'll say something like, hey, I'm so sorry to hear you don't like San Francisco. Um, I hope you're happy with wherever you are. And people say, thanks. I am happy with where I am. I'm like, great. Awesome. Yeah. So it's like there you, you kind of know what's negative when people are just kind of venting their opinion and they're not even attacking you whatsoever. That's fine. It's more of like when you attack me, then I just don't give it any kind of attention. And like with feedback, I mean, most feedback I get is pretty constructive saying like, hey, the music was way too loud in this video or hey, um, these sound effects really bothered me. Could you maybe not use so much? And I say, hey, great feedback. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. Stuff like that, you know? Yeah, sure. So I'm, I'm very I'm very um, pleased with the comments that I get. I'm really happy that it's been more positive than negative. But yeah, from time to time, I get really mean comments and I just block and delete and I keep going. Yeah, I think when I started mostly, I mean, for the most part, I get positive, very positive stuff. I did have this really strange like stalker person like really stalking me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know how to take it. And actually, in the beginning, I was (laughs) really trying to be nice and kind of friendly and be understanding. And then finally, I was like, okay, enough's enough. And now I just I really view my social media and my podcast and things like that. Someone's a guest in my home. And if someone's a guest in my home and they're rude, they're asked to leave. Just yeah, absolutely. Hands down. So again, if someone just says, well, if they're just disagreeing with something, that's 
I don't have a problem with that. But when they're actually rude, mean, vicious, and attacking me personally, there's zero tolerance for that. Because again, like yeah. you're in my home, it's a voluntary, you were invited, and now you're uninvited. And you know, yeah. and I just, I do, I just block people and that's, I let that be that. But uh, yeah, yeah, in the beginning I was kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, like I would take some of it personally and think about it and you know, like really let it kind of get in there a little bit. And then I was just like, oh, fuck this, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know you and I don't care. So you're out. I'm not going to try to change your shitty day or whatever. And, um, right. You know, it took me a while to kind of realize that. So I was just wondering, you know, like as a woman, I think we tend to be a little more sensitive, like about people's opinions of us. And so I yeah. found myself and, you know, just in that boat in the very beginning, but I'm definitely, yeah, I'm definitely over it. So let's move on to, you mentioned earlier dating and I'm curious when you're dating, when do you tell your dates that you have a podcast and how do they react? I'm kind of upfront about it. I mean, it's on my dating profile that I have a YouTube channel. I don't think I have my podcast mentioned only just because I ran out of space to mention that I have yeah. a podcast because yeah. you only have so many text character limits. Right. But yeah, no, I mention it to people because when people ask me, like, what do I do for fun? And I say, hey, I like podcasting. I'm a YouTuber. This is my side hustle. Most guys think it's really cool that I do that because that's different. It makes me unique. I mean, how many guys have you gone on dates with, Layla, where they've said they've had a podcast or a YouTube channel? None. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. So when I would go on dates with men in San Francisco, just because I've had more dating experience there since I've lived mm -hmm. there for longer, a lot of guys think it's really cool. They've never really gone on a date with a woman who has her own YouTube channel, her her own podcast. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes me stand out. Like, it's really cool. And people want to know what do you talk about on your podcast? What do you talk about on your YouTube channel? How did yeah. you get into that? They ask like a million questions. And it makes the conversation really easy on me because then they're kind of controlling it. And I can just talk and talk and talk about myself. But I also want to make sure that I get a chance to get to know them. So I'm not always talking about myself. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, typically, I'd say like on the first date, I mean, but again, I'm also transparent in my profile and say mm -hmm. that I have a YouTube channel channel and a podcast. And it's also a great way to start a conversation. And I've even made a video about what do men think about my YouTube channel? Well, the video is more about like what it's like to be a YouTuber who talks about dating. And I had a little segment in the video when it comes to the guys and how they react. And of course, from time to time, I'll get a guy be like, so does this mean you're going to put me in a video? And I'm like, mm, no, not necessarily. You're yeah. not that special. There are a couple right, yeah. of guys that I've left out and don't talk about because they don't have much of a story. Like, I'm only going to yeah. talk about you if you give me a really good story to tell yeah, or if it becomes if relevant. You... Exactly. Exactly. And so that's what I do. I keep everyone anonymous. I try to talk about the men in a very respectful way. I will say most guys that I've gone out with haven't been frigid dicks. Some have handled some situations poorly than others, but I would say like they're not awful human beings. Right. Yeah. And I feel like I'm very fortunate enough where I haven't had a really, really terrible experience where I've gone on dates in San Francisco. Like I've never really had guys treat me so terribly. But um, again, I really try to talk about them in a very respectful manner and I keep it all anonymous. I don't reveal anything that's identifiable that could make the general public know who I'm talking about. Right. So, yeah, that, that's just how I handle it. Yeah, I'm the same way. I try to be very just generally kind to whomever I haven't had. You and I talked about this on when I was on your podcast, just about being stood up. And that's happened, I think, two or three times. And that's in <laughs> five and a half years. So it's not very common. And even then, you know, I certainly don't say anybody's name or give away any identifying facts. I just but if there's something like in that instance where they were when I think that they were really lame about it and I feel that it deserves a little bit of a flam basting, I go ahead and do it a little bit, you know, like... <laughs> Just, like, what do you mean exactly? Oh, I just mean like if you stood me up and you give me the dog ate my homework excuse mm -hmm. or, you know, like you and I talked about 
the guy that clearly probably wasn't even in, you know, he was, he says his excuse was, I was, I drank too much and I couldn't show up. Yeah. yeah. You were texting me an hour before. So if you, before I got in the car and if you knew you were drunk and you couldn't drive and you didn't want to meet up, you'd had a little too much fun. You should have said it because I indicated to you, okay, I'm getting in the car. I'll see you soon. <laughs> There's that kind of thing. Just like, I don't hold back when it comes to the truth and adults. Yeah. I feel like grown-ups can and should be able to handle it. If you do something that is disrespectful to me, I feel that uh, it's okay for me to convey that it's disrespectful and why. I'm not yeah. going to disparage you beyond your own, the own facts of the matter, which pretty much just dis you disparage yourself on your own with that. So mm -hmm. I just let the truth out and then, and then there it is. But of course, like I said, I never give anybody's name or anything like that. But <clears throat> if somebody st stands me up and it's raining and I drive all the way across the bridge from the East Bay with three feet of standing water on the highway and I'm risking yeah. life and limb and you don't show up, it's a good story. So it's good. Yeah, it is a good story. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I definitely I use discretion and it's never my goal to be mean or vicious to anybody that would save that more for like if I was really like a private direct one on one talk, if it if it was warranted. But I actually have to say I've never had I don't feel I've very I can't even think of a time where I felt like, you know, I really needed to rip somebody a new one. And I certainly wouldn't do it, you know, in, on the podcast, as it were. I think that's tends to be awkward. But men are yeah. interested in my podcast, too. Are they? And of course. Yeah. Yeah. I figure, especially if you're talking about sex. And it's like kind of an interesting way to get to know about, like, how you are sexually and how you express yourself. And that is important when you're finding a partner. You want to yeah. find people who you're sexually compatible with. So it can be a great way for them to kind of get a little taste of what's to come, right? Totally. I mean, they get, yeah, they get a really good feel for me and just in general. I mean, it's uncensored. It's just, I, I just kind of let it rip and I hope that people like it. And I, so far after five and a half years, they do, but it's really more interesting when the guys that I'm dating listen to it and, you know, then they can get ideas and, and usually it's very, very well received. So I've never had anybody say, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't think I want to date you. You know, just it's not really my thing. But um, it's usually pretty something that's pretty exciting. So I've gotten that advantage. Now, you and I are both single. And mm -hmm. what do you think is the hardest thing about dating in this day and age? Finding somebody who's emotionally available and wants a serious relationship. Really? Yeah. So I'm 29. I'll be 30 in November. And for me, I just keep running into men who just aren't in the same, I guess, phases of life as me. Right. And so I told you this on my podcast, but I want to get married one day. I do want to have kids. That's sure. very important to me. And respect to those who don't want kids. That's totally fine, too. I've always wanted kids. I've always seen myself as somebody who could be a great mother because my mother was a terrible mother. And I want to be the mother that I had always wanted for myself. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to be the amazing mother that I've always wanted for myself for my kids. And that's made me very excited. I know that having kids is so hard. It's very expensive. And kids can be little shits. Trust me, there are times where kids drive me crazy and I will rethink, like, do I even want kids? But no, the answer <laughs> is like, yes, yes. Yes, I do. I do want kids. But at the same time, it's just been really hard for me to find people who are excited about wanting to get married, exciting about wanting to have kids. I typically find that a lot of guys on dating apps are fresh out of relationships, so they're not looking for anything serious right now. And that's fine. You know, it's okay to just kind of if you need to rebound, you need to rebound. Or if you just kind of want to put yourself back out there and test the waters to see what dating is like after recently being single, like I get it. Just don't agree to go on dates with people who are looking for serious relationships because you're just going to hurt them in the long run. Mm -hmm. And I experienced that so many times in San Francisco. But if there's one big thing that I've learned in 2020 is that before I even agree to go on a date with somebody, I just ask them straight up, 
hey, just want to know, like, what are you looking for and how long you've been single for and are you over your ex? It's so important that I go out with guys who are over their ex. I need you to be in a good mindset, in a good mindset when you're dating me. I want to date people who are excited about me. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I'm struggling with. Recently, I ended something with the guys. So I guess it was last week, the day after the 4th of July, I was seeing a guy for maybe about like two or three weeks. Funny enough, he looked exactly like my ex-boyfriend, which was frightening. Oh, weird. So frightening how he looked exactly like my ex. And we were at a park and we had a picnic. And like, while the park date was fun, one thing that he told me was that he's still like grieving over his breakup and he broke up with his girlfriend I think it was like a year and a half ago or something like that and that stung and that set off all the red flags for me and he didn't want to like go back to my place afterwards he was just ready to end the date after that and I thought to myself okay this guy is clearly not interested in me so the next day we didn't talk and then the day after that I sent him a text saying something along the lines of like, hey, I kind of get the sense that you're not really into this like I would have hoped for. It's really important that I find somebody who is interested in me and is going to be consistent because it did stink to hear when you mentioned that you're still grieving over your breakup. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I just deserve better than that. And I said, you know, maybe this is my anxiety getting the best of me. But hey, you know, I'd love to hear your side. So let me know what you think. And then he he responded very well and polite. And he he's a good guy. He really is a nice guy. And he said something like, hey, thanks so much for bringing this up. I was actually going to talk to you about this today. I feel like we don't click, even though I really do have a good time hanging out with you. But I agree, you deserve somebody who's going to put effort in and not feel any kind of doubts like that. And I said, cool, glad we're on the same yeah. page here. You know, yeah. I wish you all the best. And that's how that ended. And he t- and what was frustrating is that he told me he was looking for a relationship, but don't tell people you're looking for a relationship when you're still not over your ex. Yeah, I know people do like to, I think they do like to get out there a little too soon because they just want to kill time. They don't want to think about it. They want to use it as a crutch. But unfortunately, you might be using a really good person inadvertently as a crutch. And when they're looking for something serious, I think honesty and communication about where you're at is a good thing. And kudos to you for being, you know, being that direct, knowing that about yourself. And then making sure that the other person understands that it's absolutely I'm, I'm sure it's saving you from a lot of time wasters so do you find do you, i'm just curious do you find there's a difference in the type of guy how i like, just guys are in general in the you're in portland right i am in portland in, yeah. yeah in portland versus san francisco are there any big contrasts that you could tell us about yeah I've noticed that the men in Portland are not very attractive, like I was hoping for them to be. But one thing that's a a bummer to hear is that I see a lot of men who disclose, at least on Bumble, because there's a little feature that says whether or not you want kids or if you have kids, stuff like that, which I like that filter a lot. And so many men state that they don't want kids and I have to immediately swipe left on them. Yeah. I know that's not my person, but it's very discouraging to see tons and tons and tons of men state that they don't want kids. Do you think there's more of those men in Portland versus San Francisco or do you you think it's about the same? I think it's more in Portland. Wow. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised by that. Yeah. I mean, like the people that I've gone on dates with in San Francisco have sadly been a lot of dudes who work in tech and I feel like that's something I can't really get around but these men I will say they do make more money than me just because most of them are in like product and engineering roles and those do pay very well and I'm in recruiting so it's not as big of a paying field but you can make really good money with it and still make like a good six-figure salary and still become a millionaire Mm -hmm. if you are at a startup and your company goes public and then you get that equity. Like you can still make good money. Right. But besides the point, 
a lot of the men know that they can live comfortably and they know that they want families. They know that they want kids. They just want to wait till I guess they're ready for it. And that's fine. But yeah, no, I've just met a lot of men who are just kind of waiting for the right moment. And I feel like a lot of them don't want to have kids in the Bay Area, but they still want to have kids. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Are you dating guys typically that are older than you, same age? Where do you so live? the last guy was the same age as me. I was like a few months older than him, but my preferences are set to 28 to 35. Mm-hmm. But once I turn 30, it will be 29 to 36. I like to go one year below me and then I think like four or five years higher than me. You might try going just a little bit higher than you because guys are a little bit slower when it comes to finally yeah, wanting to settle down, like hitting that family mode mentality. And I think if you try just maybe a few years over that, you might find more guys when they're starting to hit that age where they're like, I think when they get typically around 36, I think that 36 to 38 range yeah. is kind of, I feel like when their little bio clocks go off. So, I mean, some guys are always marriage minded. Like that's, you know, they know that. But I feel like the typical guy starts to land in that category from like 36 to 38. And yeah. that's just my opinion. You know, I don't know that. that you know, it's funny you say that because when I had Lloyd Dixon on my podcast, so he has his own channel. He's called The Single Guy, and he has a really big following on there. Yeah. He had asked me about the age range as well, and I gave it, and he says, have you tried going a little bit older? And it's funny enough, he's the same age as me. And I said, yes, but the reason I don't want to go too high is because I have, an, I have an older brother. He's going to be turning 38 in September, so very soon. So I just don't want to date somebody who's the same age as my brother because then it's going to feel like I'm dating my brother. That made him laugh, and he was like, yeah, okay, I understand. So I think the highest I would maybe go is like 37 if I had to once I turned 30, but I don't want to date somebody that's 40. <laughs> At least not right now. Not right now. Maybe like once I hit 35 or something like that, then I'll be obviously a little bit more comfortable to date someone who's 40 because mm-hmm. I'll be closer to that age. Right. But right. for someone who's just leaving their 20s, yeah. hopping into the 30s, yeah. which is crazy. Like I'm still trying to like wrap my head around how the fuck am I going to be 30 oh soon? God. I had a total breakdown on my 30th birthday. I was like, <laughs> I did. I didn't know that was going to happen. And my friend came over. She had a cake. She's like, put on some clothes. We are going out. And I was like, I can't. I was folding my laundry. And I'm like, my life is over. I never (laughs) (laughs) thought about my life past 30. I like literally never thought about my life life past 30. I mean, I don't know why. And it snuck up on me because I wasn't, I wasn't preemptively going, oh my gosh, it's coming. It's coming. And then when it did, it was like, (gasps) how did this happen? You know, and then I just, I I had a, you know, I was just crying on my birthday. And anyway, she, she, you know, brought my spirits up. I've since gotten over that. And 30, your 30s are very fun. So, you know, just, it was like, that was just my one little, like, I don't know, age related moment where I was like, oh shit, you know, (laughs) 30. (laughs) Anyway, so what prompted your move to the Pacific Northwest? Cheaper cost of living is one yeah. thing, but the real reason that prompted me was 2020, I got laid off from two different jobs. As you know, for someone who also lives in the Bay Area, you know how expensive it is oh, to live yeah. there. Yeah. And so I, I couldn't fucking do it. I was yeah. just like, I don't have stable income. And I was crying. My anxiety got super high, especially after my second layoff. I started going to therapy and started working with my therapist because the last thing I wanted to do was to move back to Virginia and live with my parents. And I don't have the best relationship with my parents. Um, They're just completely different people than me. And they just wouldn't let me be independent. And so basically, I needed to figure something out so I could still have my independence and still be an adult. Yeah. So I was thinking like, where can I temporarily relocate to that's cheaper than San Francisco, someplace where I still don't need a car and can still maybe be on the West Coast. And Portland came to mind and I had never been to Portland before. So I was moving to a city that I had never been to. Oh, And 
I just decided, you know what, I'm going to try it out. And I don't hate Portland at all. I think Portland's a really good city and it's really cute. It's definitely a lot cheaper. I've been doing just fine without a car. There's actually really good public transportation here. And it actually feels a little bit like living in the Bay Area, if I'm being honest. So Mm -hmm. it's really comforting. Good. All right. So when let's get back to dating now. So when okay, when you're dating a guy and it's new, you know, when is it okay to have sex? It just depends on the connection. So what's funny is that I had never had sex on the first date until I moved to Portland. Oh. And I think what I've always done is I've always had sex on the second date. And it's kind of been more of like what feels right. Yeah. And the kind of chemistry and the connection and the body language that the guys that you go out with. I've certainly kissed on the first date plenty of times. But yeah, it's just kind of like one of those moments where you end up going back to their place and you know that the tension's there, the sexual tension that is. And then you're like, okay, let's bang, let's do this. Yeah. But when I moved to Portland, there was this one guy that I went out with and we went to a vegan restaurant and we had a really good time. We really hit it off. The energy levels seemed to match. So he drops me off at my place. And so when I was ready to say goodbye, like my lips were on my way to his, like I was ready to just kiss him. And as I'm doing that, he's like, can I kiss you? And I said, yeah, like I was literally on my way to do that. (laughs) And so we started making out in his car. And then I asked him, you know what, do you just want to like come inside? And he goes, sure. And so he comes inside, we just start talking, we're just sitting on my floor, just talking, we talk about like my podcast, actually. And then eventually, we just transitioned onto my bed. And I was just like, you know what, I want to have sex with him. It just felt right. Yeah. It's just a matter of like, whenever it feels right to you, and you'll know. Yeah. So you just, yeah, you just, you don't really have a timeline. No. Uh, you just follow, yeah, what what feels right. Exactly. Yeah. And I just make sure that my partner is okay with it as well. And if they are cool, then we have sex. Have you ever met one that isn't? That isn't what? Okay with it? Uh, have you ever met, a, have you ever come across a guy that wasn't okay with having sex whenever you wanted to? Um, kind of, yeah. So. Oh. I think it's, but it's not like what you think. Like there are times where I'm just really horny and I really want to have sex, but they may not be in the mood. Mm-hmm. And so the same guy that I just mentioned, so we ended things back in April. And so I had spent the night, we had sex the night before. And pretty much every time I've had sex with him, we always had sex in the morning. And when we woke up, he started getting dressed and I'm thinking, what the fuck? Like, I wanted to have sex with you. And he just said, hey, I just want to get dressed. And I said, okay. And so he asked me what I wanted to do today with him. And I said, okay, well, maybe we can go ahead and get brunch. And so I suggested that. And he said, okay, let's go and get brunch. And I could immediately start sensing that he was not having a good time. And then like a week after that date, we ended things because he just was not having a good time, which was unfortunate. I mean, the sex with him was good, but he actually just ended up being a really boring person. Mm -hmm. And he told me like when we broke up that he's not into exploring the city. He doesn't like getting brunch. He's not an extrovert because I am an extrovert. So I felt like I was being shamed for being an extrovert, which was so not fair because I think introverts and extroverts can make great partners, but... If you are going to be too introverted to the point where you don't want to do anything and you're going to get too overwhelmed by me wanting to have fun with someone who likes doing fun things, then maybe I need to start rethinking. Maybe dating introverts aren't for me because they get too overwhelmed. The last guy that I met that I mentioned who I just didn't click with after that picnic date, also an introvert. And it's like when you when I date somebody and I like a person, I would love to be able to spend as many hours with them as possible. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that makes that's why you're dating them because you enjoy spending time with them. So do you consider yourself sexually adventurous? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very. Give me like an example. Like when have you had an instance where you're just like after you did something, you're like, I am. I am just a goddess. Like, look at me. You know, I am. I'm. I'm adventurous. I'm on it. I'm doing this. I would 
would say I think one instance where I felt like a goddess was when I went to LA in 2019. So it was two weeks before my bikini competition. And I went to LA for BeautyCon and I stayed at an Airbnb. And my Airbnb host was very attractive. Oh, oh. my God. And so I'm wait, thinking did to you myself, stay, wait, did you stay in a room in his house? Is that how you met him? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you, oh. you probably know where this is going. So, oh my God, here's yeah. a sexy story. I love it. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so I stayed in a room at his place. He lived in a two, he lived in a really cool two bedroom apartment in downtown LA. And obviously I thought he was very attractive, but I'm thinking like, Alana, nothing is going to happen out of this. Like this is your Airbnb host. Like get out of here. Yeah. And so what's nice is that he was present. I mean, it's his place. And so he was very friendly. He had really good energy, was a great conversationalist. And then at some point, we ended up talking about like sex. I, I, God, I can't even remember how it came into play. But it was definitely the night before I was getting ready to fly back to San Francisco. And it was the last day of BeautyCon. And so we're just sitting out in his living room just talking. And he was telling me that he's definitely hooked up with um, people that he's hosted with before. And I was like, oh, really? And he was like, oh, yeah. And I wasn't bothered by it at all. I mean, I couldn't blame these women if they wanted to hook up with me. I mean, he was good looking. He was yeah. very attractive. He had a really good personality, loved his energy. And so it just got to this point where I just got wet and I was yeah. feeling really hot and bothered. Yeah. And at some point I just took my shirt off. I got on top of him and I started making out with him. Mm -hmm. And then we just moved it to his bedroom and we weren't able to have sex only because he told me he had a yeast infection. So that was the most disappointing thing oh. that I could hear because I really wanted to have sex. Well, couldn't he go down on you? He didn't go down on me only because like I couldn't give him head. So I, I found that to be somewhat fair. So that didn't bother me. But he took care of me in other ways. Like, I mean, he fingered me. Uh -huh. He like sucked on my breast. Yeah. Lots, lots of choking. Oh, my God. Lots yeah. of choking. Oh, that's right. I remember you love the choking. I love the choking, too. It's yeah. so hot. Oh, my God. It's really that's hot. Why, that's why I'm, hands are my thing. Like, I yeah. love a man's hands. I, do you notice that right away? I do. Because I'm like, ooh, I just. I don't. I, I imagine them on me and I'm like, oh my God, like that, that definitely gets me wet. Yeah. And what else? Oh yeah. And just the ass slapping. I think he slapped my ass maybe every five seconds. There was a point where it did get a little bit uncomfortable and I'm like, okay, this is starting to cause discomfort. Yeah. Um, just because it was like every five seconds. I'm like, okay, like let my ass like recover. Rest. Or use the other cheek or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay, this is starting to kind of hurt just a little bit but the body alignment was there and it was just a very hot experience and I just can't even imagine what would have happened if we had sex I think it would have been honestly mind-blowing and even though like we didn't have sex it was still a very breathtaking positive experience yeah, yeah. I think you can still have great sexual experiences without actually having sex and I felt like such a goddess. I literally did not think that I was going to be hooking up with anyone. I mean, when I travel, I, my goal is to never like think, can I just like find some stranger to hook up with? Right, because yeah. I don't do that. But obviously I'm still open to it if it happens. And if I feel like it's a safe an environment for me sure yeah yeah but because it was my airbnb host it was just it was so easy the sure. opportunity was so easy right and i Did made a whole youtube video about the experience obviously i had to not get explicit right. when i was talking about the story but it was a really funny story it's actually my second most viewed video and i'm just thinking like why well, do people yeah. care about my airbnb hookup experience there i don't go. know but people literally search things like couch surfing hookup stories, yeah. hookup stories, Airbnb stories. And I'm like, okay, I guess people are searching. It's a thing. It's a yeah. thing. Yep. So did you leave him five stars? I sure did. And then he also did, did wrote he leave me you five stars. Yeah. So <laughs> after the reviews, I and I talked about the reviews in the video. So, funny. so there's a public review. So you give each other public reviews. So obviously, like I said, so-and-so was a really great host. He was very friendly and accommodating, blah, 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 blah. 
And he said like pretty much the same thing about me, what host again. And then you can give your um, host like a private message. Yeah. And so that's where I like, you know, said, hey, had a really fun time with you last night, winky face would definitely stay with you again. But hey, let me know when you're in San Francisco because I can be your Airbnb. There you go. There you go. And have you have you seen him since? No, no. no. Okay. He followed me on Instagram for a while. I know he eventually unfollowed me and I was kind of sad that he unfollowed me. But you know what? It's okay because um, I actually would never date him for two reasons. Well, A, he lives in LA. I right. really don't want to do long distance. And B, he doesn't want kids. Mm-hmm. So again can't date somebody that doesn't want kids. I'll hook up with you if you don't want kids, but I can't call you my boyfriend if you don't want kids, unless you want to change your mind. And that has to be your own thing. Like, I'm not going to force you to change your mind. But yeah, I just had to be realistic. It's like, you know, he's a really awesome dude, but he's only just going to be hookup material for that one specific thing. If he did want kids and we were in the same city, then yeah, you know what? I would have totally gone out with him. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so... I know that you are really looking for a guy, uh, you know, it's very clear. You you are looking for someone who's marriage minded, who wants to have kids. Yeah. And okay, so let's put that aside for one second because I have a fun question. Sure. So if you were on a dating app that was strictly matching you based on, you know, your sexual preferences, how would your profile read? Ooh, that's a good question. Would there be like filters on what I choose as sexual preferences? <laughs> I guess this is I guess this is like I have I have to create the dating app myself here, don't I? Yeah. I would say I like the idea of putting filters of like sexual preferences in terms of like gender or uh preference of kinks and I would but maybe I mean, so like in two paragraphs or less, what would you say about yourself? Oh, and just in terms of sex? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so I think I would say, well, first of all, I am a Scorpio, so I am the astrology sign of sex. I am pretty adventurous in rough sex specifically. I love BDSM. I'm very open to shibari and whips, blindfolds, handcuffs. I just ask that you don't pull on my hair because I do wear extensions as a treatment for trichotillomania. But choking, slapping completely welcome i just ask that you are rough in bed and you just know what the fuck you're doing that could just just be it right there i just just ask that you're rough in bed and you know what the fuck you're doing yeah (laughs) yeah it just makes sex so much more fun and exciting and as we talked about on my podcast it's a really great way to connect with your partner yeah so i mean i'm totally into it too i and you know, I mean, it's not like I didn't, I don't have a weird background, it's, but it, you know, like it, it, I can't point to anything in childhood or anything like that. But as I got, you know, when I got older and started experimenting and I got into BDSM, I mean, it's really like my thing. I mean, I love that Dom sub dynamic. I love the choking, the spanking, the slapping. I think people mistake that when I say slapping, it's not like you're punching me across the face. I don't want bruising. Correct. But I do. I like the rough play being tied up. It's hot. It is so so hot. hot. Pin me down. Yes. Call me a dirty little slut. I mean, I love it. Yes. I mean, I want to know I'm with a man. For me, that feels manly. Just again, it's not that you cross the line with me, but I know that you're strong enough that you could. So I would never be with somebody that it wasn't consensual. We didn't have consent and safe words and things like that. But just knowing this guy is an alpha male, he's so strong. And for me, you know, it's tall. I like him really tall since I'm tall because you're shorter, yeah. right? I'm very short. I'm five one. How is that possible? I'm five ten. I've got nine <laughs> inches on you. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I girl, I wish I could be five nine. My body fat would be much more distributed. <sighs> Better. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, I always like I always wonder what it's like to be short and tiny and petite and like have some guy just throw you around, you know, like this. I'm just so tiny, you know, because that's why I need a big guy. That's why I need a tall that, you know, I, I got to have him like, yeah. <laughs> oh, OK. So if you were um at this point, 2020 was shit show. 2021 has been 
semi shit show. Yeah, uh, I think it's getting better. But I think you it's know, getting better too. What's the best advice you could give singles trying to date right now? Ooh, that's a good one. I would say it's really important you know what you're looking for. I am such a strong believer in dating with intentions and dating for the right reasons. And that's a very subjective phrase. So it's really important that you know what you're looking for and that you're upfront about it. So if you are the kind of person who only wants something casual, speak up. Even put in your profile, say like, hey, I'm looking for something casual at the moment. Or if you're poly, say, hey, I'm partnered and I'm into polyamorous relationships, say that. It's so important that you are so upfront with your intentions. And that's something that we need to normalize. I would say don't just go on dates with people after they say, hey, you want to go on a date and then agree to it. Make sure your guys are on the same page so it saves you time and a potential heartache down the road. That is truly the biggest piece of advice I can give. And I wish I could have told myself that so much sooner because it would have saved me so much time and heartache and crying over guys who didn't want relationships when I did. Totally. I always say my motto is I have it down to one sentence. It's just, just be honest. Yeah. Yeah. There, there just we go. Be just honest. be honest. Yeah. If and you want sex, just say you want sex. Yeah. You might get unmatched, but at least you were honest. I'm not going to be mad at men who upfront say like, hey, I'm just here to have a good time. I'm like, cool. Great. Thanks for being honest. Unfortunately, we're not on the same page. But hey, I hope you find your sex. More power to you. There's And some women are in that, in that lane yeah, too. So it's absolutely. like, help. If everybody's honest, then they'll find their good matches and they won't be wasting time with people that aren't on the same page. I just, it's to me, it's such a simple, basic concept, but it seems really hard for people to grasp. But I can tell you definitely have a good handle on it. And I love that you are, I love that you are qualifying these guys and saying, hey, you know, I just want to make sure this is what I'm looking for. Are you, are you in the same lane here? Is this kind of, are we on the same page? And it's not weird to ask. I've never had a guy say, what the fuck? Why are you asking me that so early? Most guys have positively responded saying, oh, wow, a woman's never asked me that before, but I like it. Or I'll be like, hey, thanks for asking. This is what I'm looking for. And I'm like, great. Cool. We're on the same page. Let's go on a date and let's see where it goes. There we go. All right. Well, Iana, let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah. So you can find me at Alana Pinsky. It's spelled I-L-A-N-A. P-I-N-S-K-Y on YouTube. You can also find me on Instagram at Alana.Pinsky. On my podcast, you can find me at Shamelessly Unapologetic on pretty much all um, podcast listening platforms. And you can even follow the Instagram account, Shamelessly Unapologetic. All right. Thank you so much. And guys, you know where you can find me, thecuriousgirldiaries.com. You know what my favorite thing for you to do is? It's to leave me a voicemail. So click on the pink tab on the right-hand side. Give me your feedback out Alana on this lovely podcast that she did. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. All right, everybody, stay safe and uh, wish me good luck on my cross-country trip coming up here soon. Okay, thanks. Love ya. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.